You're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a powerful conversation on what it takes to become enough and stay enough as we strive toward our potential. I'm your host, Enoughness Coach and Women's Leadership Mentor, Megan Hale. Join me every Monday and Thursday as I talk to some of the top voices on what it takes to live true, live brave, and become our biggest champion along the way. It's time to revolutionize the way you live, love, work, and dream. This is the Enoughness Revolution. Hello, lovely leaders. I hope everyone had a happy and safe 4th of July if you celebrated this past Monday. We are officially in Texas now. We have made our move and we're getting settled into our new house. So I'm so excited for this brand new chapter, and I hope you are all keeping up with the Enoughness Revolution as we have had so many amazing guests this summer and so many more yet to come. Today, I am speaking to our next guest, who is the lovely Ruby from Mall. She is a coach, catalyst, and igniter who helps women radically boost self-love so they can take back their power and create lives that make them ridiculously happy. Ruby empowers her clients to shift into the belief that they can have it all without sacrificing a damn thing. And what makes Ruby a truly dynamic coach is her ability to blend together practicality and spirituality while delivering her message in a loving, no-bullshit format. This fusion helps her clients create massive life shifts that stick. Now, Ruby runs this beautiful program called The Inner Tribe. It's a sisterhood for do-whatever-it-takes women on a mission to elevate their lives. Enrollment is now open for the program that's beginning in August. It's a six-month, one-of-a-kind experience. I've included a link in the show notes. She's also given you all a free gift. It's a free mini ebook. That's all about six steps to manifesting your dreams. We had a phenomenal conversation. I'm so excited to share it with you. So without further ado, here is Ruby. Welcome back to the Enoughness Revolution, everyone. I am so excited to be connecting with the beautiful Ruby Ma today. Ruby, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I know, me too. So we are talking a lot about enoughness and leadership today, but before we get going, I would love for you to just take a moment and introduce yourself to our audience, who you are and what you do. Yes, definitely. I am a coach, a catalyst, and an igniter. Mm -hmm. I help women really embody the feeling of fulfillment, and I do so through self-love. I believe that every woman has the power within them to create lives that they truly love, and I help them tap into that power. Mm, I love that. And I love the word embody, especially. Mm -hmm. That's a theme that's been showing up so, so strongly for me this year. So I definitely want to make sure that we talk about that because I think that it's a word that we use a lot, but the process Mm -hmm. to actually get there, I think is something that I would love to tease apart with you. Are you down for that? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Awesome. So before we go there, let's talk about just enoughness uh, to start and what that word really means to you. Yeah, enoughness. And I I love that word, by the way. Enoughness is really embodying the feeling of being enough in all realms of your life. That's what it means to me. Yes. And what kind of impact do you think that has? 
I mean, you make healthier choices, you make healthier decisions, you become more confident, more grounded in the essence of your being. Mm -hmm. It really just the enoughness exudes this really high vibrational energy from you that attracts better things into your life. Mm -hmm. Now, have you had an experience of embodying enoughness in your own life? Yes. I aim to do that every single day, but I mean, I wasn't always in this place, so it's taken me a while to get here, but enoughness has really helped me maintain this feeling of inner peace. Yeah. I mean, I can't explain it as any other, anything else other than inner peace. Like I just feel so at peace with myself and with my life. And even on days where I have struggles or I'm dealing with something huge, I still maintain that feeling of inner peace and inner calm. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the reasons that I really wanted to talk to you about your perspective is because enoughness so much <laughs> is, is founded on self-love mm -hmm. and self-acceptance and really embracing all of the different facets of ourselves. And so you being, I think, a self-love expert, mm -hmm. I really wanted to talk to you about what are the main things, the main hiccups or the main roadblocks that you see that really prevent us from loving ourselves fully? Yeah, one of the main things that really becomes a roadblock is that we give in to our inner critic way too much. Mm -hmm. We let her win all the time. And a lot of the time, like when we're very early on on our personal growth journeys, we don't even realize we're giving into this inner critic. Yeah. We just simply let her speak and go along with it. Um, another thing that gets in the way is, is really fear, right? I mean, we fear the unknown. We fear, fear things that are different and fear keeps us feeling settled. We choose to settle versus trying something different. We choose to settle versus going out and conquering our dreams because it just feels easier to settle and harder to face our fears. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, there's like a couple of different I guess, models out there for really dealing with fear. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of come more from like a self-compassionate standpoint mm -hmm. with fear. Um, I think the other model that's out there is really just kind of, <laughs> you know, fuck fear, turn right. it off, push through it. I'm mm -hmm. just curious, do you uh, kind of incorporate both of those models into the way you work or do you lean to one side? I definitely incorporate both. Mm -hmm. um, I do tend to tell myself fuck fear a lot, mm -hmm. but the compassion piece is really big. Fear is a real thing. And the yeah. goal to me, the goal isn't to abolish fears. You know, there's this, there's a lot of talk, spiritual talk around getting to this place where you have no fears, but I, I mean, fear is what makes us human. So the goal isn't to abolish fears. The goal is to learn how to battle through them. And that takes a lot of self-compassion. So when you feel a fear coming up, just acknowledging it, accepting that you feel fear, and then asking yourself, well, where is this coming from? Why am I really feeling this fear? And then picking up the courage within you, because we all are very courageous. Yes. <laughs> grabbing hold of that courage and pushing through. Yes. Yeah, no, I love it. And I was just reading this quote by Elizabeth Gilbert, and I think it fits perfectly here. She talks about, and if you don't have courage, let's get you some. Because yeah. <laughs> living, you know, a creative life, which I think all of us are creative beings, like we're here to creatively express our purpose and however that's supposed to manifest in the world. But courage is such a huge element of it. And we all have it within us. I just don't think it's always necessarily like easy for us to tap into, especially when we're in the beginning stages of our journey, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. It's scary to tap in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and most of the time when we're just in the beginning stages of our journey, we don't even realize that it's there. I agree. I think for, I know if I can speak from my own experience, I think living from a very disempowered state for the grand majority of my life to do something radically different was like, do I really deserve to be this powerful one? And two, can I be this powerful? Like, is this real? And mm -hmm. I think that like, that's the, the very vulnerable piece of stepping into your power. And I don't think that we often realize like a lot of us think, well, of course it's going to be great to step into your power. It's all going to be good and it's going to be easy. And it's like, it doesn't really happen that way. I mean, it hasn't for me. It's like, it's been a kind of a struggle of really fully embodying that. Yeah, it is a struggle. I think the we shouldn't sugarcoat it. Yeah. It's a struggle, but it really just takes um, the willingness to experience the struggle. Yeah. That's what it takes. Oh, that word willingness is so, so huge. Mm -hmm. I think willingness and readiness, mm -hmm. um, when you combine those two things, that's when magic starts to happen. Mm -hmm. and I don't know about your perspective. I'd love to hear like willingness for me is, is like I am opening myself up to not have all the answers, mm -hmm. <laughs> to not get it right, mm -hmm. and to not necessarily know exactly where I'm heading, just that I'm heading in some different direction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would agree with all of that. Willingness is really just allowing yourself to go through an experience, mm -hmm. no matter what, not being married to any sort of outcome, but just allowing yourself to experience something. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So what I know about the enoughness work, especially um, when we are going through another expansion, those voices are not enough can come back up as we're going through an up level. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear, you know, after you've been doing this work for a while, how do you, how do you combat those voices now mm -hmm. as you're continuing to expand in your leadership? Yeah, I think that's a very good point to, to bring up is that the inner critic never really dies. It just <laughs> finds different ways to say things. Yeah. It finds different ways to bring up your limiting beliefs and you mm -hmm. can always develop new limiting beliefs. So now I choose to, first I acknowledge and accept what's being said in my head. And then I have a conversation back because I don't believe in allowing my inner critic to win. I'm mm -hmm. not here to be bullied by this inner critic that lives within me. Yes. I'm here to fight back. So it's really about finding, well, what's the story behind this limiting belief? Where did this limiting belief first begin in my life? Where was the seed planted? And then when you get to the root of the root story, you begin to uncover the truth of limiting belief. And a lot of the times that truth isn't really nearly as scary as you're making it out to be. Yes. And that's when I can have a conversation and completely reframe what's going on. But it's, it's really just about taking a moment to pause, acknowledge, accept, and then talk to yourself, have that conversation with yourself and dig deep and find the root of that limiting belief. Yes, I love that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it one layer deeper because I think this is going to be really helpful for people. If I were to peek inside your brain and I could see like this dialogue going back and forth, can you share like some of the words that you use to talk to that inner critic when you're in that moment? Right. So, you know, let's use the example of not enough. So not good enough, not smart enough, not driven enough, whatever the not enoughness is, because it all stems from the same thing. Mm -hmm. 
So then I'll just pause and acknowledge what's being said because if I resist it, it's just going to start yelling at me. So a lot of the times that means walking away from whatever it is that I'm doing Mm -hmm. and sitting and just being with that thought Mm -hmm. and then asking myself, okay, what part of me really honestly believes that I am not enough? Usually the answer is there's no part. It's just this inner critic. So I give myself that reality check. Okay, this is coming strictly from my inner critic. And my inner critic is speaking from a place of fear. What am I really scared of here? Yes. And then I get down to, well, what's really scaring me in this situation that has triggered this limiting belief to come up? And that's when I'm able to combat it and reframe. Well, no, I am good enough. And here's why. And I'll tell myself some reasons. And and I want to stress that sometimes this process doesn't come quickly. Yeah. And that's when you sit with it a little longer, yes. but whatever you do, don't resist it because when you resist it, it will persist and your inner critic will begin yelling in your ear. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I love that you say, you know, you have to sit with it. You have to be with it. And that is the vulnerable piece of the work because it doesn't feel good to right. sit with a fear. It doesn't feel good to sit with an insecurity, right? Mm-hmm. So how have you kind of flexed your muscles of vulnerability? to be able to sit in this space. Not yeah. I sit in it all the time. I have some super flexible vulnerability muscles. <laughs> Let me tell you that. You know, I spent the majority of my life um, struggling with the amount that I feel. Mm-hmm. I am a very feely person. I am very sensitive. And I didn't really quite know how to express that in a way that was healthy. So I've always been very feely and very vulnerable, but it never, I never really used it to my advantage. Now I see vulnerability or moments of vulnerability as moments for me to grow. Yeah. So it's okay to feel what I'm feeling. It's okay to have shitty days. It's okay to have fear. It's okay to have this inner bitch that speaks a bunch of lies because that's what makes me human. And this is what challenges me to grow. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, the permission piece mm-hmm. to be human <laughs> yeah. is so critical. Like so critical. And I think we're, we're so harsh on ourselves. We try and like take away our human elements and it's like, that's just who you are. It's like, it's almost like getting angry at the sun because it continues to come up every day and set every day. That's what the sun does. That's its nature. So it makes no sense for us to get angry at ourselves for being human when we are human, you know? Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about the power of vulnerability and the power of enoughness and stepping up into your leadership. And what I mean by that, your personal leadership is really you standing into your purpose Mm -hmm. and serving it boldly in the world. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about what that experience has been like for you as you've stepped more fully into the work you're here to do? It's really about taking ownership. I mean, that's how I look at it is take ownership for the gifts that you've been given, take ownership for the gifts that you have cultivated and keeping these gifts to yourself is not just a disservice to you. It's a disservice to the world. Mm. So show up, not just for yourself, for, for the people who are going to hear your message, for the people who are going to be influenced in a positive way by your message, show up, own your gifts and just show up. Yeah. You know, I've been reading some of your most recent posts on Facebook and one of them that I want to talk about in particular, because I think it's, it's kind of, 
um, on the borderline of, oh my gosh, like, can this really be possible? Mm -hmm. And it's a whole have it all philosophy. And I know something that you really stand strongly behind. And Mm -hmm. to me, this is about fulfillment and opening yourself up to what is truly available for you. Right. So could you talk about how you've opened yourself up to the idea that, or the belief, the knowing that you can have? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this I'm going to answer in two parts. So part one is actually getting back to your foundation, which is self love. Mm-hmm. If you do not take the time to cultivate a, hel- a healthy, loving relationship with self, you are not going to recognize what you need, want, and desire in your life. So a lot of times we're just wandering around aimlessly. We think we're wandering with a purpose, but we're wandering around aimlessly, going after goals Mm -hmm. that really don't align with the things that we truly want. And so when you do that, the have-it-all mentality is impossible because you're going after things that don't even make sense. You're going after income goals that don't make sense to you, that don't align with you, but you're going after them because everyone else is going after them. You're going after career goals because you're seeking some sort of external validation, you know, and you have this belief that, well, in order to go after this, I've got to sacrifice this other thing. And that's not true. So you've got to get back to your core and take that time out, take, go on this journey of self-love and really get to know yourself so that you start to recognize, well, what is it that you truly, truly want in your life? And then go after that and cut out everything else. So that's step one. And that was, you know, my journey over the past maybe three years. Mm-hmm. And since late last year to right now, I've been embodying the have it all mentality because I know exactly what I want. You know, I, it's like, yes, I am an entrepreneur, but I have zero desire to be, you know, an entrepreneur that works even 40 hours a week because I also have this purpose to be a mom and I want to be a stay at home mom. And I want to spend time with my kids. I want to cook dinner for my husband. I want to do, you know, these things that make me feel good. Yes. That's who I am. And that might not be the reality for you or for other people, but that's what you need to get in touch with. So for me, I have it all. I am a loving, adoring wife to my husband. I am a wonderful daughter to my family and a wonderful sister. I am a successful entrepreneur. I am surrounded by people that I absolutely love and adore, people who uplift me and support me. I mean, I have it all. Yes. And I would add that you're creating a life of alignment that truly feeds your soul. I mean, that's like where the fulfillment piece comes totally full circle. Yeah. Alignment and congruency are huge for me. You know, I don't just talk the talk. I do it all. I am my best student. (laughs) No, but I think that that's, that's a part of authentic leadership. And I was just like leading a coaching call earlier where we really talked about that is that, you know, you have to show up for yourself the way that you're teaching other people to show up. Otherwise, there's something that's off and that's, it's not congruent, something very inauthentic about that. It's kind of like somebody who's um, like really out of shape trying to teach you how to get in shape. It's like, right. (laughs) That doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. So if we're teaching somebody uh, how to create a life out of alignment, but yet we're not living that ourselves, Mm -hmm. there's a big, big piece missing there for sure. 
Yeah. And even if you hide it really well, you know, you hide your misalignment really well, people are still going to see it, feel it because it's all energy and you don't have to be an energy healer to feel other people's energy. People feed on that. So they're going to see, they're going to sense the misalignment. Yeah. And I would say too, cause I know like, like perfectionism shows up in the way that we, we kind of go after what we want. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people might feel this pressure of like, well, I have to live my life in alignment every single minute of every single day. And it's like that, but you're, you're human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, you're going to fall out of alignment every now and again. It's yeah. the practice of bringing yourself back home right. and calling yourself out on it that I think is most important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Owning up to it. <laughs> yes, taking ownership for sure. Your journey sounds so similar to mine of having that process of really stripping away mm-hmm. kind of all of the messages and like just the things I've absorbed that weren't really me, but I was trying to cultivate in my life and I didn't really want. Mm-hmm. And really, when you get that clarity around what it is that you want, and it's not what anybody else is telling you to want, mm-hmm. there is that peace. And you do realize that like, you already have it all. If you're Mm -hmm. really paying attention. Yeah, exactly. You do. And I want to just add like this funny personal story. So, uh, you know, there's this ritual of candle burning on full moons and new moons. And I tend to do that. And I bought a white candle for spirit, a blue candle for balance and a green candle for abundance. And this was uh, quite a long time ago. And the balance one was really important to me because I was like, I really want balance in my life. Yeah. On day two of the seven day burning, I heard an explosion, like glass everywhere. And I run out to the bathroom where the candles were lit and the candle had burst and the entire thing has shattered and there was wax and glass everywhere. And it was a blue candle. And I asked my spiritual teacher, I said, well, what does this mean? And she's like, well, honey, you're already in balance. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I really am. And that was like such a huge realization. So yeah, you're right. Like a lot of the things that we want, we already have. We just get distracted and we don't realize we have it. No, I love that so much. I think that oftentimes we continue the chase when what we're really chasing after is already in front of us. Exactly. And I think that's kind of where gratitude and mindfulness come in Mm -hmm. of really being present with what's already showing up for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about the embodiment piece. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, tell me from your perspective, how one goes about actually embodying a different energy for themselves. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you have to be it. Like if, if I really want to simplify it, you have to be it. You can't just say you want to have something. You have to already feel as though it's yours. Yes. You have to live as though. Yes. To call it the live as though model. You have to live as though it's already yours. You have to live as though you already have it. So even with self-love, you know, you can go through the motions of daily acts of self-love, you know, daily acts of self-care, whatever you want to do. But self-love is so much more than that. And you have to really embody it. So you have to be it. You have to feel that love from within you. And that hap- that's with anything that you're trying to pursue, you know, happiness. Well, it's all already within you. So tap into the happiness within you and be it. Yes. Become it. Yes. I think there's like a really subtle shift um, between wanting something and being something. 
Mm-hmm. And when you are, when you are something, instead of saying, oh, like I want to be happy versus I am happy, mm-hmm. you're already stepping into that in a, in a major way. Yeah. But I would say too, it's, it's almost like embodiment is thinking the way, so the way I kind of describe it is like, okay, so what kind of thoughts would a happy person have? Mm-hmm start thinking that way. <laughs> like yeah. you have to start being it and practicing it. Like embodiment is a, is a practice mm-hmm. of having those thoughts of if it were already true, right? That's exactly. how we kind of get to that place of making it. So acting mm-hmm. as if you will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think it's like such a huge piece though to creating success in our lives. I mean, especially when you're going to stand up into your personal leadership for mm-hmm. sure. Like the embodiment piece has been the number one thing that I was missing for a very long time mm-hmm. that has made whew, like a massive difference in my life. I don't know about for you. No, it has been. It's really, it, and it's all mindset, right? Because yes. you can't just go after something and expect it to be yours. You have to know it's already yours. You have to feel that it's already yours. Yes. Yes. And so deserving of it, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> So the last thing I kind of want to touch base on is this fierce feminine leadership component um, to my own work. And what I'm really meaning when I say that is we blend this masculine and feminine energy together. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really important for us as women to create space for both of these energies to be present instead of trying to be like either or. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like you have embodied both of those energies in your own life, in your own way? I am definitely naturally very much just the feminine energy Mm -hmm. i I have barely any masculine energy in me and for a long time you know i've been an entrepreneur in different businesses for a long time i've worked in a lot of male-driven industries prior to this and it would always frustrate me and i would try and make myself be more masculine but it just never worked because it doesn't feel aligned Mm -hmm. so i feel like i embody a very feminine energy with what i do the boldness that people see that's just my truth that's just my passion and i don't believe that comes from a very masculine place i feel like that is just how passionate i am about the message that i'm speaking to the world the masculine energy i welcome into my life um, (laughs) i you know because that can help me become a little more diligent and organized in what i'm doing but i've also learned to embrace my flow I think for years I was trying to fight it. Yeah. And now I've just embraced it. And I really love being this bundle of feminine energy and a little nerdiness. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, this is what makes me me. And this is how I've chosen to build my business. But I think that, um, it's not even about balance. It's about finding what is natural to you, owning it and making that work, not trying to be something else. Cause when you try to embody a different type of energy that doesn't come naturally to you, that's when you start to get a little misaligned. Totally. Totally. I think for me personally, it's been kind of um, a coming home process. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to both of these energies, like in my own way mm-hmm. and really embodying the feminine more so because that's not necessarily my, my go-to or what I was kind of taught 
that mm-hmm. could be. So what I've noticed is a very similar to you though, about the flow coming in and like this ease and it's just, it's, I, I personally am in love mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with, with the feminine viewpoint of it because it gives me so much more space to really be myself. Yeah. Um, versus in the past, I felt like there were parts of me that I really wasn't bringing to the table. And I think not only was the world missing out on that, but I was desperately missing out on, on just how I experienced my life and experienced myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I love your perspective, though, of really being able to stand and mm-hmm. what energies feel good for you and, and defining what balance is on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So as we wrap up things today, if someone is really struggling with starting this path, mm-hmm. they know that something needs to shift, but they're not quite sure what. What are some some tips that you might give? If someone was struggling with the beginning of this path, I really, I always bring it down to taking ownership mm-hmm. because a lot of times the struggle is there because we have yet to own up to our role in whatever's going on in our lives right? We're denying it. We're resisting it. We're not, we're choosing not to view it. But the moment that you choose to take ownership for where you stand surrounded by whatever your circumstances are, the moment you take ownership for that place is the moment that you gain the ability to change your life. Mm. Yes. And I can totally attest to that. I think for a very long time, I stood outside of my power by blaming mm-hmm. other, other situations or other people for why I wasn't where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But the minute I said, but what am I doing about it? Right. That's when everything changed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Ruby, you've been a phenomenal guest today. Thank you so much for joining me on the Enoughness Revolution. I'm going to link to your website and you have a a beautiful program coming up later this year that people are going to be, it's called the Inner Tribe. Yes, the Inner Tribe. Yes, beautiful. Do you want to talk about that for just a moment? Yeah, the Inner Tribe is a fusion between one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and sisterhood. Mm -hmm. So what I found in this work is that a lot of women, when they embark on these journeys, you begin to expand yourself. And in doing so, you lose connection with the people that you've had around you because you're growing and perhaps they're not. So the journey can be really lonely. So the inner tribe is a place for like-minded women who are on similar journeys to come together, to grow together, to get coached by me, but to really establish loving relationships, a really strong sisterhood with each other. And it's a six month program. It's super powerful. You get the one-on-one coaching, you get group coaching and you get uh, a group of like-minded women who will love and support you through it all. Mm, It sounds like it has everything a woman would need to really expand into her true self. So that sounds phenomenal. So I have to all of our listeners, there will be a link for you to learn more about the inner tribe in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So definitely make sure to check that out and we will see you again next time on the enoughness revolution. Thank you so much for joining us on the enoughness revolution. If today's episode rocked your world or added value to your life, I'd love for you to let us know by leaving a quick review on iTunes. The Enoughness Revolution is a global conversation for owning who we are as women and owning who we are as leaders. If you're ready to break free from the destructive stories of not enough and step boldly into your own leadership, visit me at megan-hale.com for one-on-one coaching, group programs, and courses all designed to empower you to lead. 
Until next time, you're beautiful, you're powerful, you're capable of achieving everything you desire. Claim your enoughness, sister, and unleash the fierce feminine leader within.